It's the most wonderful time of the year. Finals are done, Christmas is around the corner, and the Cougars are in the midst of a holiday homestand off to their best start in 13 seasons. We're unwrapping this week's show with the coach and a quartet of special guests coming up next on BYU TV and ESPN+. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen helping Utah families for over 30 years. All right. Thank you all. Merry Christmas. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our pre-Christmas edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Hashtag Pope Show on the socials. We're taking our holiday break after tonight's broadcast. No show next week, but we're glad you're with us tonight, either here in studio as so many are or live and on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps and Big 12 now on ESPN+. Coming up on tonight's show, we will... Look back on a weekend win over Georgia State that extended to eight games. The Cougars' Marriott Center win streak. We'll look ahead to tomorrow night's home game with Bellarmine, a team from Louisville making a two-game stop in the Beehive State. Dawson Baker is in the film room after making his on-floor BYU debut on the weekend. Deep Blue returns with a profile of BYU's Egyptian magician Ali Khalifa. Our in-studio guests are the four members of the BYU Mental Strength Coaching staff. We'll have a game night segment for the coach and those four and some social media Q&A and BYU Hoops trivia later on in the show. All right, his next win will be his 175th as a Division I head coach, and he's only three wins away from the 100-victory plateau at BYU. Please welcome in the head coach of your BYU Cougar Hoopsters, the one and only Mark Pope. We got to go fast. No, we, we don't. No, th th this, uh, it is the fastest hour in television, but we can take our time. It is all good. We literally will time travel you through this show right now. You'll find yourself at the end of the hour going, how did this just happen? Yeah. That's the way it goes. What happened? We'll get to that later in the show as well. You know, well, first of all, uh, sweat mode, which is cool. Yes. You know, that's kind but of the way black sweats. These are black, and I only reserve these for the show. I've only worn these like five times over the last four years. They're special sweats. They're vintage new sweats. Yeah. Vintage new. I like it. All right, uh, as Coach takes care of housekeeping, Daily Life presents us with so many questions. What will the weather be like today? How will traffic be on the way to work? What to have for dinner? But on this show, there's only one question really, really worth asking. <laughs> what is on Mark's mind? Just doesn't take a breath, just exhale. I love it so much. I got so much on my mind. First, go. Christmas, uh, gift exchange for the Rubel family. Super happy about this. Um, Lee, are we opening this on or no? Are you sure? I was hoping to embarrass him a little bit, but we're not going to. Okay. But it's a time of gift giving, which I love so much. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm so excited, actually. I know. Okay, and I want to talk about gifts because gifts are on my mind right now. Okay. So I'm going to indulge. Um, when I was 10 years old, uh, I was living in New York. And I was an avid uh, Star Wars fan. Mm. This is back when just the first old version of Star Wars, just the first movie had come out. And I thought that this Luke Skywalker was just amazing. And they had these Luke Skywalker action figures. They were just so incredible. And so I was like dying, please let me get it, please let me get it, please let me get it. Sure enough, Christmas morning, 
there's Luke Skywalker uh, action figure, and it was like the greatest moment of my life. Mm -hmm. It really was. He set up this little corner in the basement with all kind of, I mean, it was Star Wars gala mm -hmm. of, of an eight, 10 year old. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget it. Uh, it was not long thereafter. Um, I probably made it like eight days before we, I cut off Luke Skywalker's hand because I was trying to react the movie, but yeah. realized it didn't go back on. Yeah. And quickly we lost his clothes and his arms fell off and it was just what it was. Yeah. But, but, this is going somewhere, I promise. <laughs> but, um, I love gifts. Gifts are really incredible. Like, gifts bring us joy. We're in this beautiful Christmas season right now that is so fantastic. And I think we're all going to exchange gifts like we just did. Yeah. And Greg literally uh, goes sleepless nights waiting for my gift because they're so <laughs> incredible. Yes? Yes. Oh, yes. And uh, there's just one gift that matters. And the older I get, I'm 51, 51 years old now. <laughs> Confirmed. And okay. And the older I get, the more I realize that there's only one gift during this holiday season that matters because I'm 51 and I've had times where I felt super alone. I've had times where I've really failed. I've had times where I've had setbacks. I've had times where I had the most joy in my life and just desperately wanted someone to share for him. And the fact that this is the season that we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus and, and the gift that he is to us, um, that he can take all of our burdens and all of our frustrations and all those things on him and that he's such a great example of um, who we can be and how we can be it, and he gives us the greatest gifts of ever of second chances is a beautiful thing about Christmas, and I love it, and I'm super grateful. That's on my mind today. That's awesome, and the fact that we get to enjoy this season for the most part with those that we love, have around us, and oftentimes in this job, as I was telling the audience before the show, uh, the, the business we're in can take us away, and we're in a nice spot right now because we get to be home for a little bit yes, for the holidays. Do. Yes, we do. It's a nice thing. Um, oh, no, Avery's signing, signaling something. What do you need, babe? Uh, I also have another gift uh, that's very important to me. So last week, um, after the show, we had this really great opportunity to uh, take pictures and say hi. Mm -hmm. And Paul and Debbie Miller, who were so fantastic, so they uh, baked, I mean, it must have been 200 Almond Joy cookies for the team. And so... Uh, those, I presented those sound these, good. these to the guys on the team. They were so happy. Uh, so I just want to make sure you get this after the show. We're super grateful for you guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks for being here. They're, so, uh, they're uh, regular yes. attendees. I know. Yes. And you guys are super special to us. And so Merry Christmas. Thank you for doing that. That's so kind. I love it. Thank you. A round of applause for our people. Yes. And, uh, and Merry Christmas to you. Maybe during uh, one of the commercial breaks, you'll see if I actually hit a home run or not with yep. those. Now, um, okay. okay, I might get myself in trouble because I haven't really thought this through, okay? What? You doing something you haven't thought all the way through yeah, on this so, show? That doesn't sound like you. So stay tuned. But Paul and Debbie, um, so I, uh, I, I actually had met you several times and I could not for the life of me remember your name. So I sent Megan. Where's Megan? Megan, uh, who is our trusted executive director of all things at the basketball offices. Megan Summers, yes. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, you have to find these people that made us these cookies because we want to sign this and we want to put their name on it and we want to know them better. And so Megan's like, fine, but what am I going to do? How do I get over there? I'm like, just go over there and find <laughs> the most dashing silver-haired man <laughs> and the most beautiful, like, um, uh, you know, young lady that look like they are exactly the young uh, veteran couple from my favorite Hallmark movies. 
So sure enough, Megan ran over first picture she said, I was like, yep, that is them. <laughs> anyway, super grateful. Now I got one more thing. Do we have time? Uh, you, you know you have time. Okay, so yes. the most exciting, all you guys. You uh, set the agenda on this show. I'm suspecting uh, that a lot of the uh, parents in here, especially the moms, have done all their Christmas shopping and a, a bunch of the dads and kids are totally belligerent and haven't started. So I'm about to make your life so good. So <laughs> I am modeling today. Can you see those? Those oh. socks? Yeah. <laughs> These are the dunk on cancer socks. All the socks are not that big. <laughs> but these are the dunk on cancer socks. This is our second drop. We did the hats a month ago. And uh, the socks that come out, they're only $10, guys. $10 stocking stuffers. It's only $5 a sock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all the proceeds go to um, the Simmons Centers for Cancer Research which is making huge strides in uh, working towards cures um, and, and making great progress towards cures and treatment in cancer. So if you are looking for something and you don't have any idea, this is like a double whammy. You give it to the person you love, you have a chance to save people that you might know or might not even know, and it makes a huge difference, so that's my pitch. You say huge strides, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I almost wore those shoes tonight. I never imagined I would have a chance to be a foot model. But there you are. <laughs> By the way, you get this question sometimes during commercial breaks. People will ask you, what size shoe do you wear? Size 16. Any 16ers in here? If there are, we got some. Wow, hey, hey, we go. hey. All right, I got a pair of socks for you. <laughs> uh, oh, I left it backstage. We'll get them. I got a pair of socks for you. It's awesome. All right, uh, let's get to some stuff. Uh, oh, Christmas plans. Yes. Uh, the players, they'll play a game tomorrow night, which we'll get to in a bit. Then do they get to scatter? We have four days off. So now that we've moved into the Big 12, as one of the autonomy rules, it's mandatory three days off during Christmas, 24th, 25th, and 26th, which I'm so disappointed about. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not. I'm actually super happy about it. And then we'll play the 22nd, so we're giving those guys four days off, and then we'll be back in the gym on the following Wednesday. We'll start two-a-days. And so mm -hmm. they're going to enjoy their four days because we'll come back and get to work. I, I hope that by tonight, final exams are done for all the guys. Anybody yeah, so have... I only had three guys. I will not name them. Only three guys with outstanding finals that, that had not yet been completed. And um, so I had a much happier locker room than I did yesterday. And um, those three guys are all going to crush it tonight. We'll be done. Hopefully they'll be outstanding yeah. at that, yes. you know, in them. Uh, uh, you have about three games in 23 days yes. right now. Yeah. What, is this a good thing for BYU basketball? It's a really good thing for BYU basketball. We got a bunch of guys that are hurt and a bunch of guys that are sick and tired. Tired and sick and hurt. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and, and the guys are still playing at elite level, and they're going to play a great game tomorrow. We have a big-time uh, team coming in here tomorrow that we need to play great against, and the guys will be great. But, but this time to kind of rehab, and, you know, you just have times every single season where all of a sudden just the flu goes through everybody on your team, and we're right in the middle of it right now. And so it'll be good to to um, have a couple days for everyone to go celebrate and get healthy and get a mentally and emotionally, uh, you know, rehabbed. And then, and then it's on, guys. Then we're facing the whole deal. Yeah, I'll throw a couple names at you. You can tell us how they're doing. Uh, Foose. Foose's doing awesome. So Foose has been uh, working out two days right now. You know, we're really blessed to have this, uh, to have Rob Ramos as our trainer and, and Michael Davey, a.k.a. Wiz, as our rehab guy. And Foose is unbelievable. So he, he's had great workouts every morning this week. He's going twice a day. We'll get him on the court uh, probably not tomorrow, but 
he, he'll be on the court next week. So we're super excited about that. Jackson Robinson that turned an ankle last game. Yep, Jax is, uh, Jax is trying to get better. He's still got a little bit of progress to make, so we're working on him. You got Dawson Baker into Although a Jax game. Although Jax had four finals, taking 17 credits this semester. That's a load. And crushed all of them, by the way. Super exciting. Uh, Dawson got uh, nine minutes for you the other night. Dawson Baker uh, played nine minutes, and it might have been too, too many. His <laughs> foot was really, really sore afterwards, but he's feeling better now. So we'll, um, we're expecting to be able to have access to his incredible talent tomorrow. And the guy that's been working his way in in a lot of ways is Marcus Adams. And does he, is he getting closer? Lee, what did Marcus tell you after, after uh, practice? All right, so let's see. We'll see. We'll get him a couple minutes tomorrow and see how it goes. So he's excited to get on the floor. Yeah, he's going to play his first game halfway through uh, his freshman year, which should be his senior year in high school. He's so young, but he's super excited. Very cool. Awesome. All right, well, since we last got together here in Studio C, BYU played one game. It came last Saturday home to Georgia State. Another big win for BYU. Let's get to some highlights and stats presented by Intermountain Health. All right, Panthers and the Cougars. It was a Saturday night cat fight. And uh, Trevin Nell, it looked like a mini rut, and he got out of it pretty quickly. We're always yelling at our guys to get to the deep corner, get to the deep corner. In fact, if you come to the games, the guys are in transition. If you yell deep corner, it would really help us. And Trev got <laughs> rewarded there. Ali Khalifa. Uh, Ali is, is just barely starting to dig into his bag of tricks. That was a huge three by trick in transition. And the guys, uh, I was really proud of our guys all game long. Is there a better finisher at the rim than Richie Saunders right now? I think right now, I think he's on 10 straight games at 50% or better from the field in part yeah. because of how good he's finishing around the rim. Richie Saunders is our leading points per possession player on the team. That means he's the most efficient offensive player, which is incredible. Noah had a great night. And going back to Trevin, Trevin had gone two games without making a three. He was 0 for 9. And... Um, and uh, that's what great shooters do. They don't even think about it. And he is a great shooter. And he certainly put on a show in this game, so, in this game a few nights ago, several nights ago. And BYU ended up uh, winning it uh, big by 32 in this one. BYU over Georgia State. Another resounding win for the Cougs. And uh, that three-point number, you, if that's where you are, that's where you want to be, right? Yeah, we I mean, shot 75 threes in two games. Do you know who does that? Like nobody, nobody. except you. Yeah. 75, guys. Do you know how tired your arm going to get shooting 75 threes in two games? So, uh, but we're really proud, and, and we're going to try and keep pushing those numbers, keep pushing the envelope, and, and we, 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 you know, that's not a freestanding thing. We package that with a bunch of other principles on the game, but we love those numbers, and especially when you're, you know, when you're shooting a high percentage. So 15 threes, I think, for a third time this year. We're going to see some three-point video, and that's a big part of your game. Uh, another number I want to throw at before we leave it too much, that you had 23 assists on 32 makes, and a lot of your assists come out of the three-point game. Yeah, yeah, they really do. And, and a lot of our offensive rebounds come out of the out of three-point game. So those are two things that we really, really emphasize. We emphasize shooting all summer. We emphasize uh, ball safety, ball management all year long. And the guys have been doing a, a spectacular job in both those areas, as well as is really attacking the offensive glass. I was watching Alabama-Arizona last night. Alabama shot 40 yep. threes. Yep. They only made eight. Yep. It, it, taking a lot is okay, but you better make your yeah. share. Well, or or you better end up having a ton of success on the offensive glass. Getting your misses, yeah. Which, that's fine, too. You know, one of the ways we think about, uh, we almost think about once we hoist up a three, it's the beginning of our offense, right? Then you go crash the glass, you have a bunch of actions after you earn an offensive rebound. So those things going together is really important for us. I'm not happy about this Alabama, man. They got 40. We only got 37. <laughs> that's not good. Got some room to make up tomorrow night. Uh, let's get to Richie Saunders. Uh, 20 points scored in, in the game on Saturday. 
and that's a career high uh, for Richie. And again, I mentioned the shooting numbers. He's off the charts every game. And uh, what it does is it gives you a ninth player on the roster with career high of 20 or more. There's only three teams in the country that can say that. You're one of those three, and Richie's the latest to get to 20 in a game. Yeah, it makes sense at BYU, doesn't it? I mean, it's just the way we play. It's it's our DNA. It's what we do. We share the ball. We protect the ball, and, and we're, we're encouraging each other. You know, I'll tell you this. We have nine guys that have scored 20 points. And I'm gonna I'm gonna boast and say that I'm I'm gonna believe there's no data to support this, but I'm gonna tell you that I believe that when those different nine different players scored 20, they had 15 other guys in the locker room that were more happy for them mm. than anywhere else in the country because our guys love each other, take care of each other, support each other, and they, they they cheer for each other's success. And the guy who has the highest career high is somebody we're just getting to see, and that's uh, Dawson. He had scored 33 yeah. in the game yeah. for UC Irvine. How good was Dawson Baker in the second half? Um, he just makes really hard things look easy. Uh, he's a really, really special, talented player. Um, he's, he's just a terrific young man, and, and uh, I can't wait to unleash him. You know, we're still trying to deal with, with, with this foot, but um, he's going to be really fun for BYU fans. Excellent Coach Pope segue because the win over Georgia State featured the BYU debut of UC Irvine transfer Dawson Baker, and it was a, success, a successful nine-minute stint in his return from a foot injury, after which he sat down with our Jerem Jordan inside the film room. All right, Dawson, you finally played, man. It was great to see you play. How was it being out there for the first time? It was awesome. I mean, everything I expected and more. Um, I've been really anxious since I've been here, you know, getting to experience the rock, the atmosphere. It was it was very exciting for me to finally get out there, and I'm glad I can make a couple shots and show that I can play some basketball. Is this the regular hair, or is that the regular hair from the game? <laughs> you never know. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just wake up and you let the hair dictate what it wants to do. It tells and, you. Yeah, it tells Trust you. Trust me, I know. Okay, six points in nine minutes. Let's check out uh, one of the first shots here where you get into the lane and uh, the floater goes. It's always good to see a first shot go down. Coming off here, Trey just has some penetration for me to kind of catch the ball on the move, which I like to do a lot. And I can see this, this defender is really kind of anxious to get out to me. And I can read that right away. And I already know by his close out, he's kind of lunging. So I can kind of attack that high foot, which he gives me, leaving middle open. So I get in there, and I remember here thinking like, Okay, I have him kind of racing back towards me. Maybe mm -hmm. I can kind of jump into him, draw a foul to get me to the line for my kind of first buckets, you know, get me to see the ball go through the net. But he kind of slides by me. I don't really draw the contact like I wanted to, but, you know, anyways, I get, get to the floater and it goes down. So good one to start off with. Um, and, that, about it. and that's a big deal for you. You were one of the top 300 in college basketball last year getting to the free throw line. You're trying to get to the line. Yeah, I think that's a very big point of my game. You know, when you're playing against these athletic guys, they rely heavily on being athletic, and you kind of use that against them, you know? And so plays like this where I can kind of manipulate them over lunging or maybe being too aggressive and using their aggression against them. My guy Tyler Haas is going to like this next one because this is a mid-range jumper. <laughs> you don't see it a lot in 2023, but here one is. Yeah, yeah. So get the ball from Ali, play around with him, see what my defender's doing. He goes under. I get here, and I remember thinking, this guy, his hands are down. And hand down, man down? It kind of feels like he's there, but I know he's not. Mm. Um, and so his hands are down, and I kind of come to an awkward kind of unorthodox jump stop to where he thinks I'm not going to shoot it. And I kind of know in his mind, he's like, okay, this guy's picking up his dribble. And that's when I just rise up. And I remember feeling really good about this shot when it came off my fingers. It felt good, and it goes down. Okay, and then later an out-of-bounds play, double screen for you? Yeah, yeah, so I knew this play, one of the plays I learned this week. So, you know, everything <laughs> happened this week pretty Now quick that you're for me. playing, you're like, oh, yeah. I have to actually here, know this. Here we go, here's these plays that I'm <laughs> trying to learn. 
So yeah, we, we kind of talked about this before the game too with this team that this middle area where I ended up racing to was going to be an open shot available. So I just remember thinking, hey, I got to get to this spot and rise up and it will be available. So I come off this these, uh, triple screen. It's actually a triple. Triple screen. Yeah. And then Trevor was going to come off the second one. If I wasn't available, I was just going to crawl out the way. But I knew I had this empty space. The big was there, but not really. I mean, it kind of led me to a natural fade and just rise up and make a shot. A little fade away there. A little, a little leg away. out. I yeah. like that. Okay, and then last but not least, this is a great assist to a tiki, and uh, you shook your defender. And we know Marcus Adams Jr.'s ankle's good because he <laughs> jumps out of his seat. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad uh, he got hyped about this one, <laughs> and a lot of people on the bench did. Um, we kind of drew this play up for me to, you know, clear out this right side, play with a shooter in the corner like Trevin, and, and just mess around with this empty side. So I took him off the dribble, and he kind of stayed with me pretty good. I knew if I could snatch back right here, I would have him on his heels or lunging on his toes. And right here, I can already feel that, you know, he's thinking, oh shoot, he's gonna shoot this. And so in my mind, I'm like, all right, got him. You know, he's gonna he's gonna jump out of You his know feet. right now you've got him? Yeah, I mm. kind of knew him from when he was on my hip. Mm. I could kind of play out in my mind what was gonna happen. And so right here, I knew he was, he was eager to get back with his stance. So I had it kind of set up, and once he lifts in there, you know, game over kind of thing. Get in the paint. <laughs> he's at, Mark, he's out of his seat <laughs> already. <him. laughs> And I was hoping to kind of get this big to commit more and get a Tiki and a dunk, but you know, it kind of happened the way it did. Um, and Tiki props on him for, you know, catching the ball, and good footwork and not traveling and finishing, making an easier bucket than it had to be, you know. The whole bench was off. Yeah. Out of their seats at that point, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm interested to see what the hair is on uh, Friday. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> You'll <but> see. <laughs> thanks. Yep. All right, thank you, Dawson and Jerem Jordan. As we go to break, this reminder that your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play -play happens on BYU Sports Nation. Join Jerem and Spencer weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Deep Blue profiles BYU big man Ali Khalifa. And we'll be joined in studio by the guys they call the P-Squad. As BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues, stay with us. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is presented by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years, and Intermountain Health, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Time now for another edition of Deep Blue. And tonight, we're introduced to a player who's made three significant journeys to get to where he is today. One from Egypt to Australia, another from Australia to North Carolina, and a third from the Southeast to the Mountain West. Here now, tonight's Deep Blue on Ali Khalifa. Ali did not like basketball at the beginning. <laughs> we started playing basketball because I was tall. We started playing one-on-one -on -one every day, getting each other better. Obviously, I thank God that I was a little taller than everybody else, so it was kind of an escape from the reality we were living at. I go practice, I finish practice, then I sit with him, teach him how to, like, shoot. Then he started liking basketball. Me and my sister have, obviously, a very strong relationship right now because of what we've been through when we were younger. Growing up in Alexandria, Egypt, we weren't very financially stable. I remember one time, it was me, my sister, and my mom, we had practice. We were going back to get in the tram, and my mom didn't have the money for us to get on the tram. And the guy kicked us out of the tram, even though it was really cheap. I was, you know, I was there. Like, I was just looking, like, what my mom going to do? My mom was, like, shouting at the guy, like, we had to get off and walk all the way home. That was, like, an hour walk. And 
At that moment, when, when that happened to my mom, I was feeling angry and sad at the same time. I was mainly very angry at the guy. I, I was so young, I couldn't do anything. We had each other to lean on and, like, each other to keep, like, keep it going. Like, we're not going to focus on that. Our dream was being better than anyone else, being the first that, like, people to graduate in our family. And we knew basketball would take us there, so we just focused on our dream. Two working parents that did everything they can to be able to support him and his sister in their basketball dreams. They sacrificed a lot. My dad, he obviously started a very low job, didn't make a ton of money, and he stuck with it, obviously, and even though it was really hard for him. He did everything for us. I would, like I said, I wouldn't see him for five days to a week. Just He's just working just for us. Years after you think about it, you're like, wow, like, dad was working really hard for us, and we didn't know it till now because it all paid off. After we scouted him, I think he was 16 years old, uh, he was given an incredible opportunity to join the NBA Academy in Australia. It was hard in the beginning. He was homesick at times. He struggled with communication, so was still learning English. His English wasn't great. If you see him today, you would never think that this is a guy, you know, five, six years ago, wasn't speaking any English. Extremely, extremely smart, extremely willing to learn uh, and just, you know, has a hunger to get better each and every single day, both on the court and off the court. Uh, I think he lends a perspective from his life experience, which is really unique coming from Egypt, but obviously living in Australia for a long time, going to school at UNC Charlotte in North Carolina. He was the player that would run on the floor and the, all the student section would go crazy. He won the Freshman of the Year award while he was there, and he, he proved to be one of the most effective and talented and skills bigs in the country. He was ready for a bigger challenge, and he was ready to play at a, at, at a different level of basketball. And as we were going through the recruiting process, there was some critical things that he was looking for. I feel like the most challenging year of my life, mentally, I feel like it was this year. Like before I came, I feel like I was in an empty space, and I feel like I couldn't drive myself to get better and keep this positive energy and positive mindset. We never really asked for help when we were younger. It's kind of a pride thing that I would just go through with myself, but I feel like, especially mentally, you really, you really can. You need to ask for help, and I feel like that's my, one of my biggest reasons why I'm here at BYU today. Nobody knows Ali how, like I do, so I know how much he grew. Seeing him like happy and like just active with everybody else, he was always like shy, and he was always I'm not gonna say if that bothers me type of person, but he he changed a lot. He grew a lot. Ali Khalifa is one of the most unique basketball players and unique individuals in a brilliant way that that we've probably ever had here at BYU. He has uh, got about the kindest heart of anybody you'll ever meet. For him to go from one country to here and adapt and have a great career and then now come here, I think it's a true test to his character and his ability to adapt to any type of situation. And I think he's done a really good job of that so far with our group. I mean, as an international student, it's already extremely difficult being so far away from home. And what he's found at BYU is he's found the closest thing um, that he can call home away from home. So for me and for Ali and for the family, you know that you're at your best when you feel safe and you feel home and you feel supported. And BYU and the whole BYU community has been nothing but amazing and just welcoming Ali with open 
open arms and making him feel like he's a huge part of the community, not only the basketball team, but the entire uh, Provo community. I'm very, very proud of him, and I'm just excited to see what future have for him. And I know it's, he's gonna, he's gonna rock it. I know he's the goat. So. And a special to see <laughs> off the floor. It's been such a pleasure to get to know and talk to Ali. And then on the floor, he's just masterful. What a great addition uh, to yeah. your program and your how, family. How much do you guys love watching Ali play on the court, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, just, he's, just, he's just, he's beautiful. And, and uh, he just is adding so much to our locker room. And we're barely, barely getting to know him. He just is, uh, he's an incredible talent that is actually struggling right now. He's, he's kind of playing with the injury right now. And so we're not seeing the full him. And um, he's, a, he's a better person, like we said. Uh, how delightful is it, you know, to, to have this chance? Maybe you get a tiny sense watching his mom and dad. I had a chance to uh, travel to Alexandria and meet them this spring. And um, and just, you know, you, you his dad's last words in the clip are, and, you know, you're going across the world to do this, go chase your dreams, and don't forget to pray. I mean, come on, it's just beautiful. And his sister, Nesma, is, um, she's his rock. So she was the first one to come to the States as a player. She came and played at Cincinnati and um, kind of paved the way for him, and they are so close. And it's a really extraordinary family, and he is a credit to BYU. Uh, no doubt he is. Well, if you are watching the BYU team bench or on-floor huddles, either in person or on TV during games, and you're paying close attention, you might see some people who don't maybe just quite like the other coaches, players, trainers, or managers you may be used to seeing. Just who are these mystery men? Tonight we find out. As we welcome in the guys they call the P Squad, mental strength coaches Scott Baldwin, Scott Braithwaite, Chad Jensen, and Michael Larson. Come on up, guys. Yes. Michael, how are you? Good to see you. Thanks, brother. Chad. Good to see you. He is well. Hello, Chad. How are you? Thanks for coming in. Have a seat. And clearly, they coordinated. No, no, do you want to go or should I go? Go ahead. Okay, because you guys, we're going to get into this. We're going to get deeply into this, how these guys come tear me to shreds every single day. <laughs> but so we were super, I thought it was very interesting, one, some observations, is um, that Scott walked in first, which actually I may have anticipated based on some of the feedback that I've gotten from the crew. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, he needs it the most. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are all in black, which I love. That's so freaking fantastic. It's a very good look. Uh, let's start off with the fact we've already mentioned the, the phrase P squad a couple times. The P stands for? Um, it, it, well, originally, we were thinking something in the realm of psychology. Uh, but then the more I met, learned about these guys, they're very swaggy, and I don't know, there's something that sounds good about it. I <laughs> we alternate be be between the P squad, and we're kind of dumbing it down to the squad right now. I like the squad. <laughs> Uh, if we had to delve into specialties that each one of these have, uh, is it best that they describe their own specialties? Yes. Or what would you? Okay, let, let's start with uh, let's start with Scott Braithwaite. What would be your specialty on the P Squad? 
Oh, on the P squad, that's uh, an interesting thing to say. Uh, in, in my realm as a psychologist, I study relationships and especially systems. I think that really relates well to a basketball team. So communication and systems, those kinds of things. Okay, Michael. I'm a neuropsychologist, so concussion, head injury, and then cognitive control of our performance. Okay, the other Scott. Uh, I study psychotherapy and behavior change and data analysis. Data analysis and uh, Chad. Health psychologist, sleep, physical activity, eating. Okay, all of these things, you can already see how they all play into yeah. a team dynamic. Yeah, so we haven't really done an intro yet, but um, uh, you, I'm so excited about this show and having these guys as guests because if there has been a new factor that has altered the whole trajectory of BYU basketball, it's these guys. Hmm. And, um, and we have a, we have a, a broad-based uh, um, you know, mental support group. I don't even know what to call it, but we have uh, Tom Golightly, who does an unbelievable job in the athletic department, and, and, and on the other side, we have uh, Dr. Manning, who is, is world-renowned in, in his performance psychology, and then in the center, we got these four guys that, have, um, that are just having an incredible impact on not just us performing at a higher level, but actually making us an uh, organization that is, is, um, is all the things that uh, BYU program should be, and so, like my gratitude for these guys is is without end. Um, you know, I don't know how when we get old, I don't know how many teachers we get to have, but these guys generally are, are and sincerely from the bottom of my heart. They 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 teach me every day, and and they're making a huge difference. So that's kind of what this group is. And I want to find out from Coach in a second, kind of when and how he came to the conclusion that you guys are who he needed on the team. But let's maybe hear from each of you when you first interacted with Coach Pope and what that said to you about what he wanted to do. Maybe you should start, Chad, since Yeah, I can tell the origin story. Okay. <laughs> Last June, I got a phone call from, Mark, from Coach Pope, and he said, hey, every NBA team has a psychologist on staff. Could you guys help me out? And he got more than he bargained for, because I got four of us <laughs> instead of one. Uh, originally, he was thinking a student would help out, but it turned out that all four of us were interested, and we got together and put together a proposal, and Coach liked the idea, and I think it's just really grown from there. We've been more involved every day. Scott, your perspective. Yeah, just, just like that. And I think as we <clears throat> met with Coach the first few times, just getting a sense of what his need, needs were, it kind of became obvious that we had stuff to offer both at the player level and at the coach level and the system level. And so just getting involved kind of at all levels and giving him feedback. Michael? Yeah, I think to me one of the coolest things is just the humility Coach has always shown. Like he came to us and said, hey, we want to get better we think mental strength is something you can bring to the table. Give me a proposal. And so we went big, and, and it's gotten bigger ever since. And I, I think that humility is something pretty amazing. Scott, were you excited about the opportunity? Uh, hugely excited. And, and I'll also give a Coach Pope props just because I think there are a lot of coaches that we could work with them, and it wouldn't have this kind of an impact. He's someone who's so open to feedback, so open to a different way of viewing things, that I think that he's just He's the key to it all working. So how and when did you decide that you needed this? So um, we, we, one, we're always trying to address all the needs of student athletes, right? And so um, everybody in this room has had some deep, intense conversation about mental health in general. Like it is just the most, and on a college campus, we almost talk about it every single minute of every single day because we just are in challenging times right now. We're in really challenging times. And so um, I, I was actually away at an MBA academy and they had a, they had a, a a, um, a graduate student that was working with our team, and I'm like, I was like, this is this is a great idea, and so we kind of jumped in, not knowing what we were signing up for. That's 
these guys know that's how I roll. That's one of the things they're trying. So there's so many keywords, but if I say processes, these guys are like, yeah, your processes stink, coach. Like, <laughs> they, they, have, they have changed my life in terms of changing processes, just a, one of a thousand examples. Um, and, then, and then just so you have a sense of what they do, um, these guys are so incredibly generous. Uh, in fact, they said some nice things about me recently. It's not because they're getting paid, guys. This <laughs> is something hopefully we'll remedy, remedy at some point. But they're at every single film session and practice and on the road and on the bench and everything. And that is the magic of their ability to connect with our guys. And what's happened over the last year and a half is we had maybe one guy kind of talk to these guys and I would meet with them maybe once a week and now it's a line out the door of every single one of our guys helping with life skills and performance skills and mental health and everything else um, and, and they're barging in my office every day telling me what's wrong. It's just an integral part of our program. It's incredible. What are some of the most rewarding moments that you feel that you've experienced so far since you've been a part of the team? I'll jump in first. Like, yeah. For me, it was this Thanksgiving trip most recently. So we were at this Thanksgiving dinner. Coach is, is expressing thanks to everyone. And Leanne's noting that his zipper is down. <laughs> and, and that was like my most rewarding moment. <laughs> no, but literally on that trip, the NC State game, to see the progress, like we were behind by a bit the whole first half. Going into halftime, I was expecting some tension. And Coach walked in, he was just like, guys, we got this. Like, I believe in you. And the, the, the huddles were just him believing in the guys. I'm like, this is going to work. Like, I didn't doubt that we were going to win. And it was because of how coach was implementing these processes. Then to see us come back and the excitement and the celebration after the game, it was like, like this is working. And it, it was really fun. That was my most memorable. What stood out to you so far? I think it's a similar thing. I think for me, I spent a lot of time with Coach Pope. And, and I think one of my favorite things is just our lengthy conversations. And I, I think we both learn a lot from one another. And then seeing uh, how that has ripple effects from everything from uh, interactions in the office to game time stuff and, and just seeing that development, I think is really, really profound and, and shows this, you know, he and I had a conversation the other day is like, is this replicable? Could you do this anywhere else? And he, he's maybe more optimistic about that than I am. But the part of the reason is for the reasons they've said is I think his willingness to let us beat him up a little bit mm. and, and, and then consider it. Right. And sometimes it takes a while, right? Like for you to be yeah. like, well, I don't like that. But then a few weeks later, you're like, yeah, I think that's what I need. It's interesting. Um, so uh, we all spend a lot of time together, but I was at a seminar maybe 15 years ago, um, a coaching seminar and, and a sports psychologist, which was in pretty early days of sports psychology said, what people don't understand is the difference between winning and losing, which is the difference between everything. Everything you did for your life in basketball is a success if you win and it's a failure if you lose. And it could just be one point. Sometimes it comes down to one free throw at the end of the game. And he said, the most important thing, the things that have the most impact on you winning or losing is not the player standing at a free throw line. It's the 17 steps from the bench to the free throw line that that player takes and how often do you spend practicing that? And that's just the mental approach to it. And so when we talk about the value of what we are receiving from this squad, it's that. And it's just, it's incredible. It really is incredible. Academically, scholastically, professionally, you probably didn't get into this thinking to be part of a basketball team at some point, but you are. Uh, Chad and then Scott before the break, uh, the notion of fruits of your labors and being part of a true team setting, because you are, you're everywhere. From, from huddles to trips to flights to, home and away, you're there. 
That's right, Mark. We're there every game, every practice. It's been a wonderful experience. One of my memories is a couple of weeks back, we traveled to Fresno State game in Salt Lake City, and, uh, and Foose was injured, so he couldn't travel with the team. And as we got off the bus, Coach said, let's take a photo and send it to Foose. And I think Coach Pope embodies what BYU is all about because he cares about the whole person. He cares about every person. He really has a lot of care and concern for everyone on the team, and that's why he brought us on because I think he really cares about the players and everybody in the program. Scott? Yeah, I was going to say for me, um, when I was in grad school, I had the great opportunity of working with Anders Ericsson, who's kind of the world's expert on expertise. Um, I never knew I'd get to do it in a sports realm, but I've been loving it. And I think that fundamentally psychologists are interested in change, positive change, and doing that in a context like this is hugely rewarding. And by the same token, you may not have seen yourself as somebody who would have a team like this helping you do what you do and helping your guys. Well, the first time we met, I think the guys came to practice the first time we're meeting, and they walked out and be like, this dude needs help, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it, I'm going to go over time here, but just one anecdote, because I want, I, want, I, want, I want everyone to feel how real this is for us. So we just um, we played Denver last week, I think maybe last Wednesday. And so the, the squad now meets with me after every game. They sit and wait for an hour while we do all the media nonsense, and then we sit and... and, and when you say the squad, you mean these yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so we sat, and I was, I was really twisted up after the Denver game for a bunch of reasons, and um, all my instincts as a coach were kicking in, and I had all types of frustrations, and I had a plan for what I was going to do the next two days to make sure we were ready to play for Georgia State. And I sat down with these guys after the game in the coach's office, and we were what, an hour and a half maybe. Yeah. It took them a long time to get me right. <laughs> and, and, um, and then so we proceeded um, with the next two days with our team in a very, very different um, mode than I would have had I been left to my own devices. And then our guys, because, because in some sense I got out of the way a little bit with our guys, um, you know, based on the counsel I was getting from these guys, we had an unbelievable performance against a really hungry and really talented and athletic Georgia State team. And that is literally how this is translating, and it's, it's, they're making an incredible difference. It's showing up. Coming up next, some fun and games with Coach Pope and these guys. When BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues, stay with us. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Time for the game night portion of our program. Uh, tonight we're doing something we call Yuletide Diagnosis. We're trying to combine everything here tonight. All right, so we are going to give you some psychological profiles or traits of characters in Christmas movies. Your job is to identify the movie based on the descriptions. For example, for example, if I gave you a character who, say, had laziness issues, works only one day a year, uh, obsessive-compulsive makes lists, um, disregard for other living spaces of other people, slides down their chimneys, um, impulsive eater, milk and cookies all the time. You might have an idea who we're talking about. It's Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, so here we go. We'll start with you, Scott. Okay. All right. This is uh, so you can you can either give us the movie or the character. Okay. All right. Um, uh, this person has uh, this movie has characters that are angry or resentful, um, mostly due to loneliness, um, behaves erratically. Uh, one of the characters tries to get to the North Pole. Um, a character's in denial, uh, helps a, a person despite that person's nefarious plans. Um, there's some loneliness, uh, a character stuck in a cycle of isolation, uh, and, uh, and delusional. One of the characters believes another to be his best friend. Based on these descriptions, who might we be describing or the movie we'd be describing? 
Wow. I'm yes. Really, I'm really drawing a blank. I might, I may need to consult with my You can consult. Peers <laughs> here. Maybe focus on the resent, resentful loneliness angle. This, this character is somewhat, somewhat separated and might look down upon people and wonder what they're, what they have. But, but trying to get to the North Pole is the part that's One of the characters from down there might be trying to get to the North Pole. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, any guesses he's a bitter, here? He's a bitter, a bitter person. Uh, I'm getting some Grinch vibes. Uh, Sounds like the Grinch to me. I, I would go I with would that. I would go with the Grinch. The okay. Grinch is the, the action. Yes, yeah. it is the Grinch. Okay. Very well nice. Done. So good. Good. Well done. The green, uh, the green light. Come on, Hema. This is next level. It it's is. Awesome. <laughs> Great design work. All right. Um, we'll go to we'll go to Michael. Um, in this movie, uh, we have characters. Uh, well, there's a bully character in this Christmas movie. Um, there are kleptomaniacs, people that are really focused on stealing things in this movie. Um, one of the characters has abandonment issues. Um, he's been abandoned. Um, there's some obsession. Uh, two guys trying to get one and one guy trying to get two, trying to get them. Let's go. Um, and there's also some isolation involved as well. What are yeah. we describing here? At uh, first, I thought you were describing Scott Braithwaite. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think you're actually describing Home Alone. Yeah. Home Alone, yeah. very good. Nicely Let, done. Let's go. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, movie number three. We'll go to Scott Baldwin on this one. Um, this movie has a character that uh, is in denial, does not accept a relative as his relative. Um, there's an angry character. I don't want to say anything more than that, a very angry character. Uh, there's a controlling or bossy character in this movie. Um, there's a character who's particularly pessimism. Pessimism is one of his major characteristics. And there's also a delusional character. Uh, this delusion is he believes he's an elf. Uh, elf. It's Elf. Hey. Yes. Very good. And finally, for Chad, um, we have a lot of anger issues. I'm not sure why this pops up. We have a, we have a character who's who's angry. Um, we have an overprotective person, overprotective of their family members. Um, we have a maladaptive daydreamer, <laughs> a character with constantly dreaming scenarios. Uh, we have a people pleaser, a character who always tries to please his peers. And we have a materialistic character infatuated with a prize they won. What might these all be describing, do you think? A Christmas story. A Christmas story is correct. Yeah. Well done. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. You're clearly qualified. I guess so. <laughs> well done, guys. Good job. Uh, they did exactly as well as I thought they would. Yeah. They're all brilliant in their own ways, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, listen. So, like, we joke, but, like, these guys are world's experts in their field. It's just, it's incredible. Um, All right, guys, thank you. Well done. Uh, stick with us. We'll have some Q&A with the coach and these guys coming up next when BYU Basketball with Mark Pope returns. Stay with us. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is presented by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. OctoHealth, decode your DNA, design your destiny. And Ken Garth, we hear you. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Let's head to some social media for Q&A. It's presented by Ken Garf. We hear you. Before we do that, though, uh, we, go, we had the Peace Squad on, and at the very start of the show, we commented on how well-coordinated they are, yeah. clearly. But the coordination doesn't extend just from their tops and yeah. trousers. Uh, they have, they're all wearing socks that in one way or the other coordinate with the other. We have the Dunk on Cancer dunk on socks. Cancer. We have they're the logo socks. They're all Dunk on Cancer socks. <laughs> Fantastic. Team, man. Teamwork. <laughs> By the way, the Dunk on Cancer uh, caps and socks all at the BYU store, right? You can yes. buy them and proceeds go toward the Simmons Center? Yes. Okay, there we go. All right, uh, social media Q&A. This question is for Coach Pope, and maybe these guys will respond to it as well. Uh, what's the biggest improvement in team culture mm. since having the P-Squad on the staff? Go. 
I'd say one of the biggest things communication. The players talk to each other, they coach each other. Even after every play, they huddle up and talk about what happened last play and what they can do differently. So I think communication among the players and coaches has been a huge improvement. Super interesting. So we're the number seven ranked defense in the country right now, and a lot of that credit goes to Coach Fennell, who's kind of taken the reins that part of the part of the game. And then equal amount goes to these guys because our communication has made all the difference. It's incredible. Anything else jump out to any of you guys you want to jump in with here on uh, on improvements? The guys are less tight. Yeah, more relaxed. Yeah. I was just say there's a climate where they feel like they can figure some things out. Great. Good answers to that question. Appreciate that. Uh, now time for this week's and one trivia question. Here it is. Of the 14 teams in the Big 12, how many are currently in the net top 100? The answer is coming up next as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues back right after this. Final segment. Uh, here's tonight's trivia question. Of the 14 teams in the Big 12, how many are currently in the net top 100? Well, that'd be 12 of the 14. Only West Virginia and Oklahoma State are currently outside of the top 100. That's what Coach Pope and the guys have in front of them. Well, coming up tomorrow night at the Marriott Center, BYU welcomes Bellarmine to the Marriott Center for the first time. The Knights in their final D1 transition season starting next season. They'll be eligible for the NCAA tournament and the NIT. They played coach uh, at Utah last night, uh, lost 85 to 42. They're on a two game Beehive State road swing. You get Bellarmine in tomorrow night. Yeah, good team. Uh... Um, a, a little bit of a veteran team that's been together with a with a veteran veteran coach has been coaching at Bellarmine for I think almost 20 years, 19 yep, years. Season. And um, you'll see a different style of basketball. Uh, they'll push it really, really hard in transition, and then on a given possession, they'll turn sides of the floor six, seven, eight times uh, with continuous motion. Um, they're going to be a great challenge for us, and we're really excited about it. Um, these these Christmas games are awesome, guys. I hope you guys can all make it. It's a it's a December 22nd game, and, and uh, it's going to be really fun. And it will be at 9 o'clock Eastern tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Mountain. Radio and TV pregame on BYU Radio and BYU TV starting one hour before tip for BYU and Bellarmine. Then it's time to scatter for the Christmas holidays. 30 seconds left, Coach, with you and these great guests. By the way, thank you all for coming in tonight. Uh, it's been fun getting to see them with you, interact with your guys, and the result it's having on the floor. It was a fun night tonight. We thank them. Yeah, it's been fun. And, and again, my thanks uh, so deeply for this group. Um, they're invaluable to our team, and, and uh, they're helping us do this more the way we should at BYU. Coach, thank you. Guys, thank you. Thank you, folks. Have a great week. Merry Christmas.